The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Brutal Nation, a broadcast series, as you all should know by now, by listening to all of our episodes that's dedicated to lesser-known serial killers and acts of true crime. I am your illustrious host, the fabulous and very dapper and good-looking, Scott Alexander. Hey! And right across from me is the one, the only, the terror of Tinseltown. Of P-Town! I was going to say P-Town, I've used that one before, so I had to change it up a little bit. Yeah. Hey. I don't know what Vancouver's called. What's don't. what's the what's the coo- oh the terror of the coob? That's right, you're the terror of the coob. Dammy, the terror Underwood. Say hi, Tam Tam. Hi, everybody. All right, so let's. That get- would be my total like, like uh, demolition. Not demo derby, but roller <laughs> derby fuck? name. Tammy the terror. Dude, you should so do roller derby. Dude, I I fall. No, you got hurt myself. You you've got kind of a, a, a like the broad shoulders, right? And you're stout. You know, be, back in the day when I did roller skate, I would totally get into it. Dude, you would kick some ass. That now. would be an, an adrenaline rush for reals. I could beat people up and get away with it. I'd be watching you go kick her ass. She's a bitch. <laughs> Not for you, but for you. Come on, Tam. You could take her. I know. <laughs> And Tammy takes out Gretchen the Killer Malone. (laughs) Can you imagine? That would have been so much fun back in the day. (laughs) So what do you got for me today, Miss Tam Tam? Um, I have a would-be Wednesday. Sure. We're doing a kid today, not a whodunit. Oh, okay. You know, as much as I don't like kids, at least it's a kid killer, and it's not a kid being murdered for change. Well, it's a kid who killed a kid. But God yeah. damn it. I can't how fucking you, win. How often are you going to find a kid that kills an adult? Let me think. Other than the Menendez. Other than the Menendez. But, but they I weren't think kids. Same. They were adults who killed their parents. They still act like children. Fuck those two assholes. Yeah. They're, they're, really, they're spoiled brats. They're, they're spoiled little fucking pieces of shit. Fuck yeah. them. Okay. Carry on. Fuck it. I can't, okay. I can't think of it. I'm sure there's one out there. I'm sure there probably is, but we haven't come across him yet. <laughs> I've come across oh, a wait, lot. Oh, wait, we did with um, Price. He killed two adults, but he also did those two children, too. Well, no, when he was a kid, he was like... Yeah, no, he was 13 when he killed his first he adult. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about yeah. that. Okay, no, you're right. No. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, okay, so I'm giving you a brief introduction here. This case I'm about to present to you is rather bizarre, yet equally heinous. Um... And I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it. The motivation behind the act committed, if true, is one that I personally can understand. But like Scott and I have mentioned repeatedly in other cases, I think we just mentioned it two days ago, um, just because we understand the motivation does not mean that I condone the actions that reportedly stem from them. Okay? Before I get into this presentation, though, I must tell you, this case is somewhat controversial in nature. It has brought up a topic that should be in the conversation as it does present an issue that needs to be addressed. Not to mention there are some things that have been brought into question regarding the whole case in general. Okay? There is also the issue of the officials who were involved in the prosecution have gone on record to say that they regret 
say that they regret things when it comes to the outcome of this case. That being said, let me delve into the case of Joshua Earl Patrick Phillips. And I, I do say, no matter how many, how you say it, it doesn't roll off the tongue as well as oh some my other God. names in history. I already know. I already got this. I, I solved the case. <laughs> Did you? He's living in a trailer park with his white trash freaking parents. They no. were the ones who went out and said, said things like, Jolene's house just flew over ours because of a tornado, and she had my Tupperware dish. I'll never get that back. No, but I know I'm going to hear some jokes here in a minute. Okay. On March 17, 1984, in Allentown, Pennsylvania, Joshua Phillips took his first breath. It's too bad it couldn't have been under better circumstances. Or underwater. <laughs> his parents are Steve and Melissa Phillips. And it looks like he was an only child. Although I'm writing, I'm waiting on confirmation regarding some of this because I'm still doing a little bit of research. But from the second he was born, his life seemed like it was destined to lead to the tragic events involved in this case. Ooh, dun dun dun. Yeah, Steve Phillips, the father, was an alcoholic drug addict. Well, there you go. And was known to be horribly violent towards Melissa, the mother, and Joshua himself. Because they were living in a trailer park. I'm telling you, no. that is total As trailer Joshua park stuff going on. grew up, Steve would expect him to adhere to strict rules that were imposed upon him. As a result of these unrealistic rules, mother and son lived in fear of the repercussions they would face should Steve determine his expectations were not met. Because Steve was ruling the trailer park. I already see this. Okay. For instance, <laughs> just I'm dreading telling you something here in a second. For instance, one of the rules forbade Joshua from inviting friends over while Steve was out of the house. Steve would become even angrier if his son brought girls over to the house. This is the one thing Melissa would later report she never understood. She said Steve seemed to have a severe dislike. I would classify it as hatred when it comes to females, which begs the question, why did he get married? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, Steve's dead. Yeah. Okay. Let me tell you why. In all seriousness. Okay. It's a control thing. Think, okay. Think about the the actions and uh, of what he's doing right now. Right. Okay. He's in full control of his household. His wife lives in fear. His kid lives in fear. He's obviously physically violent to them as well as verbally Very. abusive. He gets drunk. He's, you know, when they say drug addict, I'm assuming they're not talking like he smokes a little weed. I'm assuming not too. I'm thinking some of the harder drugs. I'm you know? thinking meth or heroin. Probably living in that trailer park. Probably Because meth. I'm not seeing cocaine, but then I could be wrong. <laughs> so he probably got married. For number one, he probably thinks that women should be barefoot, doing whatever he says, and just basically put this right. More like a piece of furniture. They're there to use them. Oh, yeah. A lot of men think that. But have no true value. So there's a reason why he got married. You can control this woman. You get pussy whenever you want it. You know, yeah, I have meals made for me. Got, exactly, you know, house clean for me. Yeah, that's right. Because you're like king shit of your house because right. you're the most brutal guy. Okay. And in my eyes, to be quite honest, what you've described in the small amount of time, which is five minutes right now, Steve is a piece of garbage. Very much so. And I blame him for whatever his kid did. I'm just saying. Me too. So anyway, okay, continue. Anyways. 
In November of 1998, at the age of 14, this is what I'm going to hate telling you, Joshua and his family were calling Scott's favorite place. Walmart. Why would they call that home? Maybe they were living in the uh, in the apartment. Where is your favorite place ever? Oh my God! They moved to Jacksonville, Florida. Yes. You know what? <laughs> Let me tell you how the rest of this is gonna go. Everything that happens for two reasons. Number one, I can tell you that Steve is fighting trees without a shirt on. I can tell you that for a fact. I don't get you look it up. I bet you. I will bet you good money that at some point he's got an arrest record where it says Steve Phillips arrested for fighting a tree shirtless. He probably took his he probably saw the tree. And he went, What are you looking at me that way for? Hold on. And his shirt comes off, grabs his PBR, he's chugging it, maybe he smokes some meth, you know. He gets a little bit of meth. Come on, come at me, bro. I'll get all woody on you. He's punching the tree, and the cop came up and said, Hey. We'll fight a tree. Oh, you're shirtless. It's perfectly legal here. Okay. Well, we got to take you in because you're drunk and you're high. That's and he's saying happened. this for a reason because we do another show that has a lot of articles every, out of fucking Florida where they do that. Every fucked up thing that a guy does to a tree specifically, <laughs> whether it be fighting or fucking it, they never have a shirt on. You never hear on that other podcast whenever we're doing that weird news stuff that, you know, uh, uh, Bill was arrested for fighting a tree and he was wearing a unicorn shirt <laughs> or no. a wife beater nope. or even nipple tassels. <laughs> nope. What you hear about is shirtless man fucks a tree. Shirtless man fights a tree. Shirtless yeah. man arrested because he's arguing with a tree and said that it's Saddam Hussein and then stabbed the tree. It's always shirtless. That's the common denominator. So that's what I see. Is a Steve guy was shirtless. Was shirtless, especially being in Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. And he looked at the tree, got shirtless, and said, come at me, bro. And he's like, fighting the tree. I'll bet you he has that on his arrest record. Yeah, maybe. Probably. That's like 99% chance. Okay, well, let's get back to his son, Joshua. Fine. So when their neighbors were asked, were later asked what Joshua was like, they all described him as a quiet and friendly kid. He was really good friends with Maddie Clifton, a girl who lived across the street. And when they became friends, Maddie's mother actually recalled that she had never had any fears about the friendship the two children developed. Prior to the day he committed his crime, Joshua never had a history of violence. As a matter of fact, um, let's see. As a matter of fact, he had never been in trouble with the law at all. How old was he? 14. Okay. Yeah, as a, after, as a matter of fact, oh, I already said that. After his arrest, when his, school teacher at, when his teacher at school was asked about him, the first words she used to describe him were fun and silly. He never acted in a way that made him stand out. And when all was said and done, at the end of the day back then, Joshua was a rather popular student. Can I tell you why? Because his dad was fighting a tree shirtless? I'm not even going to make a joke. Okay. Growing up the way that I did, yeah, and being in great fear of both of my psychos, yeah, both my parents, um, I was deathly afraid for the longest time to be anything but nice or polite to anybody. Because oh yeah, there was any number of reasons in the world that I can get beaten. 
Right. Any number of reasons. It could be that the wind blew wrong and I would get a beating. So that's why. So he's putting on this facade of being nice and funny because it's a defense mechanism. But he's got all, I, I believe that he has, and this is just, I'm, I'm just speculating. Right. So that's why I say I believe um, that he's got this, this hatred and this rage that and, and all this pent up shit and angst inside of him that he really has no outlet for. See, and because he doesn't want to get shirtless and bite a fucking tree. <laughs> and there's the joke. No, I'm serious on that one. That's not even a joke. No, I hear you. <laughs> Anyways, so on Tuesday, November 3rd, 1998, for some reason, Josh was home alone. I couldn't determine if there was some reason for him not to be in school that day. However, the events could have happened after school was let out as well. In the grand scheme of things, that's irrelevant. What is relevant is that at some point, Maddie came over to the house, his house and asked him to play baseball with her. Although one of the rules Joshua's father expected him to adhere to was the one that prohibited him from having any friends over while his parents weren't home, he agreed to play with her. So they went in the backyard to play baseball. It's just technically not in the house. Technically not. You're okay. right. So while Joshua and Maddie were playing baseball, something happened and he hit the ball and it wound up hitting her right in the eye. Ooh. As one would expect, little Maddie started screaming and crying when her eye began to bleed. You can expect that, right? Yeah. I, I, okay. You know what? I, I'll tell She's you something. Eight. If you guys haven't seen my promo pictures uh, on the website, take a look at them. I don't think you have a full body shot of me. I'm a big, big, intimidating. No, but you can tell by the, you know, the top torso. You know. I'm a big, intimidating motherfucker, okay? Yeah. If a baseball was to hit me in the eye right fucking now, would you I cry? would be crying. Damn, I wish I had a baseball. Like, like no, I'm not even joking. Like, for real, I'd be saying, my motherfucking eye. Oh, yeah. Ah, and I'm bleeding and stuff. I'd be freaked out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shit, shit. They hurt. You know, that's way different. I mean, different. I've been hit in the chest. I had my hand. Yeah. That's way different than being in a fight and somebody punches you in the eye. There's no crying in that. You're like, oh, you got to die. But, you know, if a baseball hit me in the eye. Oh, yeah. Oh, damn. I'd probably be crying, too. Well, yeah. But, you know, you can expect it. So, at that point, Joshua claims he panicked. He knew his father was due to come home at any minute. And he was afraid of what would happen if he found out that he had been playing outside and Maddie got hurt. Okay. Um, Joshua said it was this fear that caused him to drag Maddie into his house. Okay. They were in the backyard. Claiming that as he did so, the clothes she was wearing on the lower half of her body came off. After he got her into the house and into his bedroom, she was still screaming. That's when he made the decision to hit her again, this time with a baseball bat. Joshua thought he had killed her and when he hit when he hit her with the bat, so he just stuffed her under his bed. Oh my god. Okay. A short while later, Steve came home and Joshua came out to his out of his room and spent some time having a conversation with his father. After spending a little time talking to the man, Joshua went back to his room. That's when he heard Maddie moaning under his bed. She was still alive. With the fear he had regarding the reaction his father would have still motivating him, Joshua made a decision that would change his life forever. He took the mattress off his bed, grabbed his Leatherman tool, he opened up the knife part and proceeded to stab Maddie seven times and cut her throat killing her 
And then he shoved her back under his bed. Jesus fucking okay. Christ. Okay, all jokes off now. Yeah. So Fuck at approximately me. 5 p.m. that evening, Maddie's mother reported her missing. The police organized a search party that included volunteers, and they all spent six days looking for young Maddie. Joshua even spent some time participating in the search. During his interrogation later, Joshua said that during the week following the murder, he lived in complete denial. He said, I was putting myself in a fantasy world that nothing had had happened that was my defense mechanism for everything when i was a kid i never i never made the decision to ignore it i just did which i can see you know especially if he was abused so much i can understand that i am now out of joke mode and processing yeah this whole fucking thing yeah and i feel so bad for this kid right now please tell me some information that will make me not feel bad for this child for uh, Joshua. I feel bad for the girl, too, but she's no, dead. No, I feel bad for both of them as well. Because I think a lot... And I'll get into it in a minute. So, Melissa went into Joshua's... Uh, a week after the murder, Melissa, his mother, went into Joshua's room for one reason or another. Um, I saw, and I'll get into it in a minute, a docu-series episode that said she smelt this horrible funk and thought his room was just dirty because teenage boy stinks. They do. I have you and I both know. I have a teenage son. And so she went in there to clean it up. And that was on November 10th. While she was in the room, she happened to notice what looked to be a wet spot on the floor. Now, Joshua had a waterbed. So she thought his waterbed was leaking. Yeah, makes sense. She decided to search the room, and that's when she discovered Maddie's body. Okay, she got down to inspect something on the bed and realized there was duct tape on the bed frame thing that went under Ooh. his bed and thought that he had tried to fix it himself so he wouldn't get in trouble. Yeah. So she removed the tape, trying to see what had happened, and that's when she discovered Maddie's body. Oh, my God. So she didn't hesitate. She got up, went outside to find the police who were leading the search party outside still. And when the police went into, the police came in, saw what they saw, and they went to Joshua's school and arrested him. Within hours, that boy confessed to everything. Okay? He didn't even try to hide it. So prosecutors would later dispute some aspects of Joshua's confession. Harry Shorstein, the state attorney on the case, first stated that Joshua made the decision to kill Maddie due to some sort of sexual motivation because he claims that the boy often discussed sexual matters while talking to Maddie and her older sister, Jessie. He's 14. He's he's 14. I don't think this has any sexual connotation to it. I could be wrong, but I don't get that feeling. So during the autopsy, the medical examiner couldn't find any evidence that would indicate Maddie had been sexually assaulted. Finding that out, the prosecutors then tried to argue another aspect of the confession. This time, they said that due to the absence of dirt or sand on Maddie's body, her clothes couldn't have come off while Joshua dragged her to his room. They claimed the evidence never supported that claim. I'm going to call bullshit on that, too, because her lower half came off as... She's, She's being drugged, the so in there the wouldn't be sand or anything in honor. Right, and then you got to think that house is probably pretty fucking clean, given that Stephen, the right. dad, is kind of a dick. Yeah. So, yeah. 
So they would also argue that forensics couldn't find any blood in the backyard or on the baseball. The same baseball Joshua claimed hit Maddie in the eye. And this lack of forensic evidence negated his version of the events that transpired that day. Now, this is my whole point. The ball hits her in the eye. It doesn't necessarily get blood on it right away because not all wounds bleed immediately. Exactly. I was going to say the same thing. I've had wounds that didn't bleed. I've been hit by a fucking baseball and yeah. No. And I've been hit by other things, too. You don't always bleed right away. I think they're trying to railroad this kid because he's a little trailer He's a little trailer kid. Well, I don't think that he lived under trailer. Jackson. Probably did. Florida is a big trailer park. You, I just I, alienated a whole state. You proud of it? You pretty much. Well, or a, whole, a, whole, a whole city. A whole city. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to his trial. Prosecutors for the state of Florida made the decision to try him as an adult, despite him only being 14 years old when the murder took place. There was a massive, massive amount of publicity. Publicity? Is that what we're going for there? You know what? Speaking (laughs) is hard. Regarding Maddie's murder and and the search efforts surrounding her disappearance. For this reason, defense attorneys filed a motion for a change of venue, and the courts approved the motion, and Joshua's trial was moved from Duval County, Florida, to Polk County. Okay? I don't know where the difference... I, Duval, obviously, is Jacksonville. I don't know where Polk is. I have fucking no idea. Yeah. So during the trial, Richard Nichols chose not to call... The defense attorney chose not to call a single witness to the stand. Later... The prosecutor said this decision was not only surprising, but risky. The intention behind that decision was Nichols based the majority of Joshua's defense on his closing argument to the jury. During these arguments, Nichols claimed Maddie's death was a quote unquote, an act that began as an accident and deteriorated through panic that bordered on madness. Okay, which I can agree with. I was just saying, I, based on what you've given me so far. Okay. I got to agree with that. Yeah. So after the trial, Joshua actually stated that his public defender, Nichols, never even bothered to ask him about the events. There's the fucking problem. That's why this fucking kid got fucked. Yeah. He got a fucking public defender. Yeah. He didn't try. Yeah. He didn't try to find out what happened before, during, and after Maddie's murder. All the man did when he visited Joshua in jail before the trial was play chess with the kid okay it's fucking ridiculous joshua's mother melissa even expressed her disagreement with the lawyer's strategy his father steve insisted that they just let the lawyer do what he wanted to defend their child of course Which, steve of course doesn't give a is. fuck he doesn't give a shit so nichols consistently discouraged joshua's parents from allowing the boy to get on the stand and testify in his own defense as a result joshua never smoke spoke a word at his trial okay so, on July 6, 1999, one of the shortest murder trials in the history of Florida, if not the country or world, began. It lasted two days. Jesus. A murder fuck. trial. Two days. This guy, I, 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 if he's on our show, I know he got fucked. Yeah. Two days to fuck over a 14-year-old yeah. kid. It lasted two short days to the defense's refusal to call any witnesses. Two hours after breaking for deliberation, the jury returned a verdict of first-degree murder. After the sentencing phase of the trial, Joshua was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. Since he wasn't 16 years old at the time of the murder, he wasn't eligible for the death penalty. Now, 
During the preliminary trial, the defense attorney tried to enter into evidence some scans of a neurologist took at some point. The scans apparently showed evidence of a bilateral lesion on Joshua's frontal lobe. And the frontal lobe of the brain is often associated with both impaired judgment and panic. The prosecution wanted to enter into evidence proof he claimed to have regarding Joshua's use of his computer to view pornography. He's 14. Okay. You know what? Defense. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, prosecuting attorney. Here's a fucking news flash for you. He's a 14 year old boy. It's 14 year old boy. I'm 48 years old. I have a history of violence and I own firearms and I watch a lot of porn. A lot. Of you know porn. what I'm not doing? Killing. People. I'm not killing people. It has nothing to fucking do with it. You yeah. dumb shit. Why are you sitting there trying to fuck over this kid? Yeah. Like, ser- like for real. You know, and, and for well, his and defense I think a attorney, lot of it has to do with all the publicity. They I'm, felt, I'm just sitting yeah. over here fuming. I was going to yeah. save this for the fucking end. But here's why I'm pissed. Okay, number one, let's talk about this, uh, the, the, this kid's uh, defense attorney who is seriously garbage. You have a plethora of people that are credible witnesses that can, uh, that can speak on Joshua's character. Mm-hmm. You know, that he's a nice kid. This is, you know, it, he's not like Tate. No. Okay, he's not bullying people. He's no. not practicing WWE moves and, and shit like that. This is a kid who's, number one, he's in fear of his life on a daily fucking basis. Yeah. Number two, I understand why he would ignore the problem. It's a, it is a, it's a legitimate defense mechanism. Right. You know? And a lot of people out there don't know what it's like to be an abused kid like you and I do. Do you guys know what it's like to live in fear of your fucking life every, every fucking day. day? Every fucking day. Every fucking thing that you do, whether it be getting a glass of milk, a glass of water, walking out the door, the wind's blowing wrong, or the dog barks, could lead to you getting the shit knocked the fuck out of you for no other reason except for you are there. That's yeah. the only reason. You know what? I, I don't even fault him for hiding her body. Killing, I understand the panic. I don't condone it. No, but I told you I, in the beginning, I understand it. Yeah, and, and I understand even hiding the body in, in his defense mechanism. And, hey, I just pretend things aren't there because he's used to doing that. Yeah. You know, every time dad beats the shit out of him, he's used to having to do that. Yeah, he has and to lie. Just to survive. Just to yeah. fucking survive. I mean, I remember... I'll never forget the time I had bruises up and down the right side of my body, like from neck to ankle. And I had to tell people that I fell or ran into a wall yep, or did something because I couldn't tell them what really fucking happened. Yeah, exactly. So you live with that denial. Yeah. You know, so this is Joshua's life in jail now. Okay. Now, since he's been incarcerated, Joshua has gone on to do some good things. Things you wouldn't expect someone to do if they experienced such trauma and committed a crime at a young age. Okay? I'll get into the I'll get into more in a minute. But despite being told he was too young, he went on and received his general education development Sweet. or GED. I refer to it as a good enough diploma, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, right. After that, he took college correspondence classes. Sweet. Yeah, this kid was said, You're too young to get a GED. He did it anyways. Okay. I couldn't determine if Joshua does this as a paid job or if he just volunteers, but he's a paralegal in prison. He spends his time helping other inmates work on their court appeals. He also tutors other inmates in their studies. Okay? 
Joshua is also involved in other activities. Scott's going to appreciate this, maybe even admire it. Joshua plays guitar in a band. Holy shit. Yeah. I want to write this kid. Yeah. He also regularly participates in Christian-based religious services. I don't agree with that. Yoga. Well, he's searching because he also does yoga and Sao Chan, which is a, um, is I'm t- going to tell I you I had a that in a Chinese food restaurant. No, <laughs> it's Sao Chan, which it literally <coughs> translates to seated meditation. It's primarily a Zen Buddhist tradition of a meditative discipline, despite the method and meaning varying depending on which school you attend. It does have a general meeting and is often practiced as a means of gaining an understanding into the nature of existence. Oh. So he's searching. Okay. Okay. In his, that's what I saw here with all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In his 2017 appeal, which I will discuss here in a minute, the prosecution publicly acknowledged that Joshua had been what people would consider a model inmate. As late as 2008, Joshua has declined to do something many people think he should have done already, but I agree with this reasoning, the reason for his denial. He has chosen not to write Maddie's family a letter apologizing to them. Now, let me explain. He says that a written letter would fail to convey his sincerity. Joshua claims that they deserve more than that. They deserve an in-person apology. Agreed. That way they can see how sincere he is and not just assume they are hearing lip service, which a letter may convey. When asked, Maddie's mother stated, and I understand this, he wasn't the least bit inter- she wasn't the least bit interested in meeting with Joshua or talking to him, which I understand. Her daughter was killed. Yeah. You know? So, Steve, Joshua's father, and I'm going to say that going on the record, I'm glad, was killed in a car accident in 2000. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. So. Let him, I, I, I honestly wish this guy would have died. Right yeah. when Josh was born. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be honest. You know, and I, that might have offend Josh or, you know, because his father and, and the mother. But, but we are both coming to, from an aspect of being abused ourselves. For this kid to have to live in those conditions. Is unacceptable. 100%. 100 yeah. fucking percent. Unreal. And so Joshua's conviction has, was upheld in the Florida Second District Court of Appeals. Um, this is his many appeals. Uh, in 2002. Melissa, Joshua's mother, started her efforts to get her son a new trial in December 2004. The reason for her endeavor is based on what she says is her son's young age when he committed the murder. And she feels that alone should have carried more weight when it came to a sentencing. Agreed. Okay. So the Supreme Court of Florida set a hearing for November 2005 for the next month. So it was for December 2005. The hearing was to determine whether or not Joshua be granted a new trial. In 2008, Harry Shorstein, the prosecutor, and Nat Glover, the sheriff, made public statements. They both went on record admitting they were having second thoughts. They felt that the judge was rather harsh when he sentenced Joshua, only 14 years old at the time, to life without parole. Shorstein even admitted he felt more regret when he didn't offer Joshua the opportunity to plead guilty to a lesser charge of second-degree murder. This plea would have allowed the judge a bit more discretion when it came to issuing Joshua his sentence. He has even publicly de- declared his support should there ever come a time that Joshua's case was reviewed for clemency or if he were to have a parole hearing. Now, 
you've talked about this before. The 2012 case of Miller v. Alabama in the Supreme Court of the United States ruled that it was unconstitutional for a judge to sentence any juvenile to mandatory prison life sentences without parole. Correct. Okay. In response to this ruling in November of 2015, Joshua's attorneys considered the Miller v. Alabama case as the basis when they filed his appeal for resentencing hearing. His attorney successfully appealed the court in September of 2016, and he received a new hearing. This hearing was held in June of 2017. When the victim impact statements were given, Maddie's mother asked the courts to uphold his original sentence. He was resentenced in November 2017 and again received a life sentence. However, the judge did allow for Joshua's eligibility to receive another resentencing into 2023. Now, the Florida District Court of Appeal uh, upheld this second life sentence, saying that they will review it again in 2023, and it said it could be modified at that time based on demonstrated maturity and rehabilitation. Joshua appealed this decision, and in June 2020, they turned down this appeal. However, they did, provide, they did not provide a reason for th- their decision, their decline on the hearing case, which is customary. Okay? Now... My final thoughts. I'm going to say mine, and then I'm going to ask you questions because I know that you're going to get on the soapbox, and I agree with you. I'm sitting over here. I'm so fucking pissed. Okay. I don't know where to begin. Being a victim of abuse, there are parts of this story I can truly empathize with. However, just because I empathize does not mean I can do Correct. Also, after he was arrested and sentenced, I have admiration for this kid. As I've shared in past episodes, I myself have been in trouble with the law. I even spent time behind bars. I was sentenced to four years, 11 months, and did three years, 11 months, because of time off for good behavior. It was actually 22 years because she was a hooker? Shut up, bitch. While I was incarcerated, I took every class I could, participated in every program they offer. I even opted to participate in the inpatient drug treatment program that was available even though I didn't have a drug charge. So when I read that Josh was basically doing the same thing, I admired him. My admiration for him stemmed from two things. First thing was mainly because after featuring Price and his refusal to do those things, it was refreshing to see that Joshua was actively doing them. Okay? He could have so had so much animosity for being 14 and sentenced to life that he just focused all that hatred on not getting help. Okay, the second thing was because of this, considering Joshua received a life without parole sentence, which means at the time he arrived at the prison, he didn't think he had a chance of getting out. And despite that, he was taking steps to better himself. I know from experience, he wasn't doing all that to impress somebody. He was taking time in an effort to better himself, to give him skills to overcome the thoughts and behaviors that led him to committing the crime and ultimately going to jail okay okay that's my thoughts now <clears throat> question scott <coughs> should have brought water in this goddamn place nature or nurture <coughs> there's still some of your pepsi left you want it nurture nurture 100 percent. Mm-hmm. it's not in this kid's nature because there's, the, the, there's nothing absolutely not one iota of anything that says screams hatred or malice or anything. And he didn't. I don't believe that he killed young Maddie. 
based on hatred or malice. No, I he think it was panicked. Fear. He feared. He feared this 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 dude who's his dad beating him and his and his mom over yeah. everything. Everything. You know, and I really wish that the courts could pull their head out of their fucking ass. I wish that defense attorney would have called a motherfucking witness. No shit. Now yeah. watch. Now watch. I'm gonna be in fucking Florida. And I'm going to get pulled over. I'll and you're going to get this Nichols as your fucking attorney? No, I'm going to get pulled over. They'll be like, wait a minute. Scott Alexander, do you have a podcast? Yeah, I do. It's called Brutal Nation. Out of the car, sir. Get out of the car. Why? Why are you going to tase me? <laughs> then they're going to kick me a few times. You're a murderer. That's what you are. You killed five people that we haven't found yet. It's going to be some bullshit like that. It's fucking Jacksonville. <laughs> Then they're going to be like, take off your shirt because we want you to fight a tree. That's what they're going to say. Yeah. So basically, you answered my next question then is, do you believe him when he said that his motivation was fear based and not something deeper and darker? 110%. Yeah. I don't I don't doubt that even for a fucking microsecond. Me neither. And here's the problem with I'm going to go as far as the judge and Mm -hmm. the jury. You dickheads do not fucking have a clue of what it is like to live your goddamn childhood in constant from the time you were born fear in fear every fucking day no you looked at this kid and you said fuck you yeah you know judge jury you should have taken a good look at his defense attorney dude this kid's getting fucked over man yeah, yeah. Oh, by all means punish him for the crime i i, I i'm all him. for that yes he did panic do or not it was wrong Yes. And he should he should have had more maturity at the time for being 14, you know, to go, hey, I'm going to have to sacrifice myself here, but I, I need to take care of Maddie. Yeah. You know, or go get Maddie's mom, something like that. He didn't do that. He failed there. By all means, yes. discipline him. But to lock this kid up for life yeah. over this. Given all the extenuating circumstances of this right. event. They didn't even give him a chance to rehabilitate. Judge and jury, you're the fucking criminals here. You yeah. are the fucking criminals. Do some goddamn research on abuse for fuck's sakes. Look at a fucking book. Read document or watch documentaries. Do something to educate yourself because obviously you're dumb as shit. Yeah. Now I know I'm going to go to jail if I ever fucking go to Florida. Well, and then you just, you did just answer. You're like answering my questions before I ask them. I'm sitting over here just seething. No, it's fine because my next question was, do you feel that his sentence was too harsh and should be reduced or vacated? You just answered that. I'm sitting over just pissed because it's only obvious that the people that sent him to prison for life have no clue. No yeah. clue what Joshua went through. No, not, not at all. Even an, not even an ounce or a drop of a clue. No. What the heck is wrong with my dog? My cat's probably out there. Oh, probably. He loves Deanie. <laughs> Deanie doesn't love him. I know, but he loves Deanie. No, and then my next question is, and I'm wondering if you feel the same way I do about this one, is do you think that he should write a letter of apology to Maddie's family or wait until he can apologize in person? Wait until he can apologize in person. And, and here's why. I think what he said is correct because he wants them to know how sincere he is. Right. He also sounds like he is smart enough to know that there's going to be backlash when he goes to Maddie's parents. Right. He's going to deal with a lot of emotions, um, probably a lot of name calling, probably. and some abuse too. 
probably. Verbal abuse. But he's willing to face that. But yeah, he's willing to man up and do that. Yeah. And very few people are. He's more of a man than Price will ever be. He's more of a man than Sig. He's more oh, of a way man more than, than Sig. Tate even. Oh, no. Tate. I, I yeah. hold Sig and Tate down at the bottom. Like, they're, they're not even pond scum. Yeah. But, you know, and then... Last question is, do you think he's actually being rehabilitated by the services, or is it all an act? I think it's being really rehabilitated. Cause if, Me too. If it was just an act, he would do the Christian thing, because you have to show that you believe in God, and you're on the right path. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he might read a book or two, you know, that type of his GED. Yeah. But to fight and get his GED when they told him he was too young. Right. You know, he and taking college classes. Because they gave him an out. They gave yeah. him an out saying, hey. You can't get your GED. You're too young. And he could have said, yeah, you know, you know what? You're right. I'm too young to yeah, get my GED. And to GED. help other inmates file their appeals, knowing that his appeals have been denied. He's going and above and beyond, man. Yeah. I, when I hire somebody, I do a very extensive background checks. Right. Extra, because of my drug history, number one. Right. And two, I got to trust these people basically with things that I've bought that they've got to handle. Right. I would hire Joshua Phillips today. Yeah. Right fucking now. Yeah. And I would train him to do a job. I trust this kid. Yeah. Exactly. I believe that he got the short end of the stick. I believe he did as well. He, I mean, it started with his fucking dad abusing him and ended with his attorney that didn't know shit. It's fucking unreal. With the didn't defense. even fucking take the That's time. That's not even a defense. That's the thing. No. He and it's a murder it. charge. And you know, you have asked your client nothing. Got no information. You're not going out to get any information. You're not getting character witnesses. Yeah. Anything to prove him, uh, you know, innocent or at least get him a lesser charge. You know, nothing. Not talking to the DA saying, hey, let's talk about this. Yeah, let's, let's try to offer a plea. Yeah. Let's, get, let's work on a plea deal. Yeah, nothing. None of it. Nothing. Meanwhile, his defense attorney is sitting there with his thumb up his ass. Yeah, and Josh can't say a word. Yeah, that's, that's fucked up. And the dad is just saying, no, let him do it. He knows what he's doing. No, he doesn't. Yeah. His dad, if he was alive, seriously, I would want, I'm so wanted to fucking take a baseball bat to him. Punch him right in the face. Oh, yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. What, a, what, a, what garbage. But I'm, I'm proud of him that he came from a, a situation where one parent, at least, was total trash. Yeah. And fighting trees without a shirt on, because I'm pretty sure he did. That's just in my head. They're living in Jacksonville. That's, it's almost like a law, by the way. If you're a guy, at some point you have to fight a tree or fuck a tree, and you have to take a shirt off before you do it, because if you do it with a shirt on, that's a felony. <laughs> you go to prison for a long time for that shit. <laughs> Sorry. Ghost is after my kitty cat. He's after something. And he knows how to open that door. That's why I'm worried about Oh, that's about him. right. I forgot. He figured yeah, out how to open the door. Yeah, he knows how to open the shit. door. So, you know. But no, so that's all I have on this one. And like I said, I feel so bad for this kid. God, so bad too, for man. him. Poor fucking kid. I know. I feel like he was given the short end of the stick from the time he was born. And it does sound like his mother tried, but she was being abused too. Right, she's in fear herself. I, I, I feel bad because I neglected to mention his mom as much. Yeah. But yeah, she's in the same situation. What the fuck are you going to do? And, and Especially when she found the body. Yeah. I'm, I'm proud of her on a couple of levels. Yeah, Number she one, didn't fucking try to cover it up. Right, it wasn't a cover it up or anything like that. She did the responsible yeah. thing. You know, and that's kind of a wild card. What is Stephen going to do? Steve going to do? 
if he knows I turned in my son. Yeah. Yeah. That's a wild card move. So, uh, Melissa Phillips, pretty proud of you. But Joshua, I'm proud of you, buddy. Yeah, me too. Me too. I mean, he was just all around. A lot of bad choices were made by him and a lot of, but at the same time, I don't think he knew how to make a different choice. He really didn't, man. It's that constant fear. Yeah. That's what these assholes don't get. Yeah. Once you send him to prison for life. Yeah. It's, a, it's fucking constant fear, man. It is. It is a constant. It's a constant fear. So much so that you're afraid to sleep at night. Oh, no. Yeah, I've been because there. Because you don't know if you're going to freaking snore too loud. I've been, you af- know? I've been afraid at school because I peed in a urinal and got two drops on the floor in a school bathroom. Yeah. Thinking that. You know, I'm, I remember looking around thinking, if anybody saw this and my dad finds out, oh, my God, I get the shit beat out of me. Yeah. In a school fucking bathroom. And we all know boys are stinky and messy and, and smelly. They pee all over the walls. And, and yeah. most of them piss on the walls. I'm afraid of, like, two drops. Yeah. It's fucking fear, man. Let's wrap this fucker up before I get more pissed. Okay, I'm done. Remember, you can send us an uh, email, except for you, Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> no, you can send one too. I want to hear your bullshit about fighting trees without shirts. <clears throat> at Brutal Nation at twistedbluellc.com. Check out the website at www.twistedbluellc.com. When you're on there, do us a favor, buds. Click on that Amazon button. If you're going to do any shopping on Amazon, it really does help out the show a lot. And uh, it doesn't cost you anything extra. It's just one extra step, and it, it really does help. Yeah. Check out our blogs on Medium, Vocal Pages, and Hub Pages. Ooh, I almost lost that one. And on, when you're on Medium, they have a, uh, a publication on there called Crime Beat. We got picked up by then. The good thing about our, our blogs, and I try to say this as often as I can in the shows, is that you get a, you get a lot more information than we present and none of the bullshit that, that I say. Yeah. So in this case here, I'm pretty passionate. I'm just not making jokes all the way through there, only halfway through, you know, until we came to yeah. what happened to Josh. But, um, yeah, you guys will enjoy it. Uh, just search at Brutal Nation. This show is copyrighted 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved. And if you're a dickhead like Stephen Phillips was, stop being a dickhead and give your kid a goddamn hug. Yeah. God damn it. Love your children. Be kind to one another. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.